Hello, first time facilitators. It is May 2022. I thought I'd hop onto this podcast feed just to share an episode I recorded for the Leanne Hughes Work and Live Large podcast. And I'm sharing it on this feed because it is related to facilitation. Uh, the question I answer is what tech tool should you use for your next virtual event? And I actually mapped this in a two by two grid, which you'll hear more about on this show. I've also linked to the YouTube walkthrough video so you can follow it um, if you prefer the visual. But I just thought it is a common question I get from facilitators at all levels. I'd love to hear from you. Like, What do you think of the two dimensions that I debrief on this one? What is your virtual tool? Let me know on LinkedIn, Instagram, all the social media outlets uh, or on our free group on Facebook called The Flip Chart. Life's too short, so you're here to work and live large. Here's your host with nothing to lose, Leanne Hughes. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I help you imagine what is possible is possible for you. I've had a truly fantastic week. Last week I was in Sydney, I caught up with my friend Shane Hatton. I say it's my friend, it's the first time we met in real life at his book launch for his book called Let's Talk Culture. Uh, I also went to see MBS, Michael Bungay-Stenia, at an event uh, that was delivered by ICF New South Wales. And it's just fun to be out and about. I had a lot of sort of serendipitous catch-ups. I ran into an old podcast guest, Marcus Crowe. He featured on First Time Facilitator. We just literally walked past each other in Westfield, bumped into each other. And another friend, Peter, who just at an intersection, I was uh, actually about to go to the airport, but she caught me and we ended up having a couple of beers before I went. Um, And I still made my flight, so that's good. Hey, I'm bringing you this episode because in recent weeks, I've been delivering a ton of work for clients really based around virtual facilitation. Now, not me, uh, well, well, it's quite meta. So I've been delivering these sessions on how to deliver virtual facilitation sessions. So obviously when you do that, you've got to be pretty engaging yourself. Um, but what I've been noticing is a question that pops up and it pops up a lot of the time on the, our free flip chart group on Facebook, which is, uh, I'm running the session. What tech tool should I use? And I think we need to ask some clarifying questions before we prescribe the tech tool because, of course, it has to be fit for purpose. And, of course, it's all about what is the purpose, right? That's number one. But I also think there's a couple of uh, interesting elements uh, and dependencies that I talk through in this Two by Tuesday episode that will help you hopefully decide which tech tool to use for your next virtual session. What I find often is the simpler, the better. Um, And what I was doing early on in the game, I was trying to use tech to overcompensate for maybe my imposter syndrome, my inadequacies. Like it was, I don't know, it felt like a bit of a, a gift wrapping for something that maybe I didn't have substance for. And I just wanted to raise that point. Like, let's not use tech to overcompensate. Again, at a fundamental level, the what the purpose, what you're trying to desire, and what the experiences you're trying to create with the people that gather on these calls. So connect it to that, um, and you'll hear the two things that I discuss very soon. Uh, speaking of of travel, I'm heading off to Thailand and Hawaii soon. Thailand for a holiday. Hawaii is for a global meetup of my Growth Cycle Mastermind group with Alan Weiss. Very excited. Um, so that's what this podcast is about. It's about working and living large. So let's not forget the live large element of this. What I want to say and the reason I'm saying that is the next four weeks, about a month's worth of content on this show will relate to travel, uh, helping you inspire you to, to go to cool places and also tips I'm interviewing some interesting guests that create a life around travel. I hope you enjoy that. 
of course, we'd love to connect. Uh, you can either, well, if you're interested in virtual facilitation, jump into the Flipchart community on Facebook. YouTube is where I draw this. Um, and that the YouTube channel has been building a lot, which I love. It's great to see you there in your comments. Uh, let's connect on LinkedIn. Everything's in the show notes, of course, at leannehughes.podcast.com. Hope you enjoy this one. But the question is, what virtual tool could I use to ramp up the engagement in my virtual event? Now, I think, of course, the number one answer to that is think of what the purpose is that you're trying to drive and pick a tool that will work the best for you. But sometimes um, the people that I work with need a bit more guidance around deciding what that tool is. So this week, I'm just going to share uh, my take on the two things that you need to consider when deciding what virtual tool you will use. Of course, the examples I'm here to share with you today are examples. These are all really context dependent on who you are, who your participants are, what the context is, what the purpose is, all of that. However, all of that aside, here are the two factors that I think are really important to consider when designing your next virtual event and deciding what tool you'll use to ramp up that energy and hear from all the voices in your virtual room. Let's look at the y-axis. I believe that the participant size, the group size is an important factor. So here we might have a large group group and a small group. Now, even as I label this, you might be thinking, well, Leanne, what is a large group size on a virtual call? For me, and this is just my personal preference, I think anything over even 12, 12 to 16 people and over, I think that it becomes a large group setting because what happens very quickly is something called the bystander effect. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but the more people you have together, the less someone will actually contribute. Think about it. If you're at an event and there's a speaker on stage and he asks a question to 300 people, who's going to put up their hand? It takes someone quite courageous to do that. Whether you think of another speaker and she's speaking to a group of four people, there's more onus on the people in the group to participate and to jump in. With a small group, I don't think you need as much tech heavy lifting. Sometimes a tech might be useful when you're working with a group where there isn't a lot of trust or psychological safety and the tech tools can be used to, to brought in to create maybe some anonymity um, as well, or it really depends on your purpose and what you're trying to capture in terms of your output of that session. So that is the y-axis, your group size, large or small, very context dependent on how you see that. On the x-axis, I have something here called, I've broadly labeled it accessibility. On the left here, I'm going to write low accessibility. I don't want to say unaccessible, but just like there's a low aspect and I'll define it in a second. And then on the right is it's accessible. This term accessibility, I'm going to define it quite broadly in this context, but in this context, the accessibility is all about your participants. So you might have all the bells and whistles, all the best tech tools, but guess what? It doesn't matter if your participants can't access these resources and tools as well. So you really need to think about them and their learning curve for the technology. And that's what it is. Sometimes a problem could be, I've seen people run one hour workshops to an audience that has never seen a mural or a mirror board. And in that one hour, they're trying to A, onboard their participants into using the tool and then as well, try to have a, create some output and have a great robust discussion. And I find that creates a bit of tension. It creates, as I talk about in First Time Facilitator, it creates a friction point. So where I see low accessibility, that is low friction to engagement. And I've run workshops for some countries where the internet isn't fast. This stuff is real. So you really got to think about the accessibility for your participants and how easy it is for them to engage in using the tech tool. And do you have that time 
and the energy and the resources to onboard someone into using that tool. If you do have that time, if you have the energy, if the company or client you're working with has the resources to to invest in, in ramping that up, go for it. That's on the right, the accessible. So really accessibility means is the barrier to entry low? That's on the left low barrier to entry, I can use this tool and engage? Or is there a bit of a learning curve, a bit of time, money investment, resource investment to be more accessible in using this tool? Like I said, this two by two works as a framework for you considering what tool to use in your upcoming session. And what you'll notice is that some tools can be across all of them. It really depends on how you're using the tool itself. Okay, let's kick off with our large group that we want to create a very low barrier of entry to engaging. And what I suggest then is simply just using the inbuilt tools of the platform that you're using to deliver the call. For example, if you're using a Zoom Zoom room or a Zoom webinar, simply use chat. Also, they have in Zoom, they have reactions, right? So you can use that to get a bit of an assessment on like patterns and things like that in terms of themes relating to you content, thumbs up, that type of thing, as well as the Zoom poll. So just keep it simple, keep it on the one platform, integrate all the tools into what you're already using. Then we'll move on to a large group and there's more accessibility. That means A, you might have more time with them or there's more energy, resources. They've already been using these tools for some time. Then you can sort of ramp up and add more to your suite of tools. And something that I'd recommend, um, you know, any type of polling tool, like I use Slido a lot. I love the word poll. I love that people can use it to submit questions using the Q&A tab in Slido. You can also run polls out of that too and create them very quickly on the go, which is a really nice feature. Just a nod to tool like Mentimeter and Nearpod. And no one talks about Nearpod, but I think it's the most underrated tool around. It's free for up to 40 people and you can use it to, anyone has a mobile phone, they can use it to interact with a presentation. The, the plus plus about Nearpod is that you can do things like draw on it. And if I'm delivering a session where I've got slides or visuals weaved in, I can push that out to someone's phone. So Nearpod is extremely effective. Let me go to the bottom left. And this is where you've got a small group and there's low accessibility. And that's fine. This is why I've differentiated between small and large group. Because sometimes, like I know initially I wanted to, use the tech to create like an impressive engaging experience but i realized actually the value of a small group is that you can create more intimacy and conversations and have people obviously come off mute and and engage and chat so i think it's really about yeah come off uh come off mute let's create a great environment where people get the airtime to talk and things like that and again you can use existing tools within zoom to do that uh the whiteboard feature which i i really should have spoken about up here but to be honest, it is in beta mode at the moment. It's May 2022. I tried it last week with a workshop group and it did it failed. <laughs> it absolutely failed because everyone needs to have their Zoom updated before they jump in. The other thing I'd recommend is use the existing tools, the existing collaboration tools within a business. I was running a session for a government organization. They use the Microsoft platform and they're very used to using PowerPoint. So what I did was I created these templates in PowerPoint and I had like four templates, four slides, breakout rooms with four rooms to jump in and work in their breakout room on their dedicated slide. And what that meant was there was a low friction, low barrier to entry because they've used PowerPoint a lot of the time. So all I was doing was using it in a different context. And they loved it. There was no, it wasn't hard to onboard them because everyone's used PowerPoint before. But just thinking of these existing tools and how do we repurpose them to get the outcome that we're after. 
And on the bottom right here, we have, they're a small group, smallish group, and it's accessible, meaning that you've got time to either onboard them in a certain tool, um, or they've already had the investment already. They've, they know how to use these things. Uh, Mural and Miro, I think are great. So if you're running like a series of three to five leadership workshops, definitely then you can use and, and sequence that in teaching people how to use Mural and Miro over this period of time. But again, the trap seems to be that people will just jump in and try to use it because it's a cool tool, but it then fails. Again, with this example, you can use any any single tool that I've recommended here from the low barrier to entry. It's only if you think that you need more tech to create the result you're after. If you don't, if it's just you're trying to gift wrap something, maybe reconsider your need for it. Because what I find is often the simpler, the better, right? Don't go too crazy. Don't think you need to ham up your presentation with all these tech tools just because you want to impress people. It really has to connect to that purpose. If you can, if you can get away with it, I mean, I would love, my goal is to keep things very simple and on the left here. I'm very new to Mural and Miro. I'm not very experienced with it. I haven't needed to be. My participants that I work with, these tools here, including with the addition of like a slider or a Nearpod poll, if I'm doing a hybrid session, meet the mark every single time. I hope you found this helpful this week. Thanks for joining me on Two by Tuesday. Let me know uh, what your favorite tech tool is for your virtual events.